I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 45. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Polish Club. The band have just announced their brand new record, Now We're Cooking, and have celebrated by releasing new single, No Heaven. In today's episode, we're talking with Novak from the band about the aesthetic of Polish Club, men in the Australian music scene, and his love of the strokes. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman for rock band Polish Club. They're releasing their brand new single today, entitled No Heaven, as well as announcing their third studio record, Now We're Cooking, which is due out in July. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Novak from Polish Club. Good morning. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. What about yourself? I am great. That's good. Uh, where are you joining us from this uh, today? Uh, I'm in the study of our new apartment. Um, I've locked the cat away and <laughs> the like half an hour I get of direct sunlight is beaming onto me so i'm feeling i'm feeling good you couldn't have picked a better time it does look uh beautifully sunny from uh, the image that we're getting so yeah it looks like a nice spot (laughs) it doesn't last long so let's let's make the most of it (laughs) by staying indoors Uh, i guess (laughs) yeah Uh, it's a very exciting day for yourselves for polish club the new single no heaven is out today and you've announced the new album now we're cooking uh congratulations on both to begin with thank you thank you very much it's actually uh they're calling it a street track and not a single i I don't know what the difference is but um yeah there there is a difference i've been told i don't know we're trying to just kind of drop as many songs as we can um before releasing the album because like you know who who cares about albums anymore i don't know the jury's still out (laughs) What's your opinion? Do you think albums are still, obviously they are still relevant and you're releasing one, but what's your thought on the long form player? Um, like if I'm being completely honest, I don't, I don't listen to any new albums front to back. I, I, if I'm being even more completely honest, I don't listen to that much music at all. Um, cause I'm lazy and my music taste <laughs> finished at like 14 or 15 probably. Um, but I think it's still valuable, um, regardless of what anyone else thinks or what anyone's, uh, what the greater population's habits are. Cause it's, it's like this, sort of milestone right it's what still gets uh 
recognized by people in media and and like your biggest fans i guess and and even more so than that i think personally artists still view them as as those milestones and see them as a collective work in a in a broader repertoire like i'm i'm a lot less precious about it and i guess people can will be able to hear that once the album's out like i think there's there's a lot less stressing about uh what's what's the cohesive like one line that can sell this album um we've kind of you know without without really saying it explicitly been like let's just pick the best songs you know because we've we've learned that no matter what we do and no matter how much we try to push the boat out so to speak songwriting wise um it always just ends up sounding like us in in a good way um or at least i hope it's a good way i think it's a good way um <laughs> it is, so it is regardless of, of how varied our songwriting we try to make it everything everything t- tends to sound genuinely like polish club so um you know just choosing the best songs from a specific period of time you will more often than not i believe now sound like a pretty cohesive album or cohesive enough to to be worthwhile in in clumping them together as a big release yeah yeah definitely i think um another i agree everything you said i think to add just one more is that it's also good in terms of like a reference if you will like you can be like that was their um like let it bleed a phase or stage or whatever and then yeah. which does kind of lead me on to my next bit now we're cooking. The album art is incredible. We'll make sure that we post it on the podcast socials once it's out. Um, and I've noticed even going back through the videos for this this record, there has been references to um, to food, to egg quite a bit. Um, when you come to like an album rollout, I'm curious where the food aspect has come from, whether it's yourselves, uh, whether it's you and JH or whether it's the management or, or what it might be. It, it came from none of the above. It just it just <laughs> happens. I don't. John's John's got a good eye, or he's got maybe good's not the right word, but he's got good taste in terms of what what works and what what he can kind of mold into meaning something and like bring all of these disparate songs and and ideas and like approaches to themes and whatever i'm trying to say into the umbrella of something like now we're cooking which like is literally it could be nothing but i think he he knows what we can both milk in terms of of like a vibe and and an aesthetic and a and a a way of talking about things and an attitude and I mean the 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 fucking line now we're cooking was literally something I said in jest while we were tracking the album. <laughs> someone someone did something that I liked and I'm like, now we're cooking and and <laughs> he's like, make a good album title. And then, you know, we are more often than not, that devolves into the point where I'm like, I don't I don't know if I'm kidding anymore. I don't know if anyone was ever kidding. I don't like <laughs> nothing matters. So <laughs> it's an excuse for us to, to do things with food, which we like. I mean, I love cooking. 
It's an excuse. It's a challenge for us to try to shoehorn all of the different parts of uh, like all the different songs and, and everything else we have to do, all the content. It's a challenge for us to make that make sense within the framework of food <laughs> and cooking. And like, that's a pretty, like, it's a generic concept and it's, it's a timeless concept. I think also like John has a, a good way of, of leaning on, retro aesthetic and and concepts and making them feel true to us i mean you know it it it's just something fun that came along and we're like yeah we can probably bullshit this like enough to make it <laughs> enough to the point where it's like oh maybe this is actually meaningful time will tell it still has a very distinct polish club vibe you guys do seem to have an aesthetic that uh, as you said they knows what works, what doesn't. And it does, um, whether tongue in cheek or just pure enjoyment of food, whatever it may be, it does come across that it's, it is purely you guys. As we mentioned, uh, the, the record has been announced today. I heard that in the singing, uh, sorry, in the songwriting stage that at one point you guys were working with about 90 tracks to kind of pick and choose from, or that there was 90 tracks all up at the end. It's funny. Cause, um, I've had this, I've already had this a couple of times with people um, taking that nugget of information um, as, as maybe like a revelation or something. And I, I guess like this particular songwriting cycle was long and arduous uh, and uh, for lack of a better word, sucked at many points. Uh, but they all kind of do. It's like this ebb and flow, right? And I think every the way we prefer to write or the way we found that we get the most out of writing is to throw as much stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And um, when I say there's 90 songs, you know, uh, 70 of them are not... F- fully formed ideas they're they're more like a you know a verse and a chorus repeated ad nauseum on my phone (laughs) and you know sent to management where they go i don't i don't get it and i'm like yeah you're probably right so it's it's a lot of just trial and error and i think we have to go through that every time i mean we've done it every time we have to write something for anything be it an an album be it for fun uh, be it for like a single with no plan beyond that it's we just do like we don't really talk about it that much conceptually we john will show up he has a playlist which i hear is 400 songs long now at the end of or it was at the end of the songwriting period for this he never tells me what any of the songs are (laughs) and he'll just be like why don't you do this and then we'll go from there so that usually is like it, it usually starts because I have horrible memory and I and like once it's done, it's gone from my mind. Even like with gigs, I'm like, I don't remember ever playing in the city. And it's like, well, we played here three times. So <laughs> I knowing that and knowing knowing how useless I am, just get my phone out and record as soon as there's like a tiny bit of a hook that I think I might like. So as as we do that, it it slowly builds up. And I'd say there were there were 90 separate ideas that were at least at the very least like a chorus or a hook, uh, most of which would have been like a verse and a chorus. And then 
we sort of whittle that down bit by bit to three. We, we did like three demo sessions. So there were probably like 30 proper demos, like fully finished songs. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge pain in the ass. And I think it's the only way we get stuff done where everyone's happy. And we've learned that like, it's only when everyone's happy, not just me and John, but like management label, and any other close confidants we might want to blow stuff uh, by or run stuff by, it's only when everyone's kind of like, okay, this is a thing. Those are the ones that tend to connect with fans. So we we trust the system at this point, as unromantic as it might be. Um, you know, we're not just writing songs for for ourselves. I don't think we ever really were. Maybe at the start, I don't know. But you know, it's a, yeah, it's a pain. If you've got a system that works and is delivering what do you guys do feel is the best to your fans, I think then that's why why mess with that? Why tr- why change it? Uh, because it might kill us one day, or at least you know <laughs> lead us to to dark dark road. But I think we're like super self aware about it now, and uh, or at least more than we've been, and are are aware of the like light at the end of the tunnel, and have seen that. Uh, you know, pay pay dividends and 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 be be really fruitful. So yeah. I think we can see the bigger picture now more than ever. But yeah, it, it's I think it's it, every every artist who creates something has has that sort of ebb and flow and peaks and troughs. It's that just happens to be ours. Of course, yeah. Uh, no heaven is the new single, and it is a ballad in the sense of, of Polish club. Now, I think when a number of people think of Polish club, they think of like the kind of blues rock duo thing that you guys obviously uh, are well known for, but you also, I feel like there's a subsection that people also know you for your ballads. Um, One of my first introductions to you guys years ago was How to Be Alone from the first record, which is still one of my favourite tracks. Um, What do you think the trick is or or when writing a ballad, how do you guys write, I feel like, a rock band writing a ballad is hard to not make it cheesy. Yeah, you have to uh, accept that it has to be cheesy. And I think the the thing we maybe accidentally, maybe John was fully self-aware from day one, were that, that thing that we stumbled upon early on was that the key to getting away from it being too cheesy and from getting away from people going, fuck, that's lame. Like, you know, not being at all cool is adding a sense of danger, adding a sense of just not perfection, just little parts of the song that feel like they're not perfect or feel like they could fall apart. And, um, We've slowly gone away from that, but I think in essence, in the way that I sing melodies and in the way that John plays drums, it's always coming from a place that's not striving for perfection. And it's, we're not trying to perfectly keep in time or perfectly hit notes. It's about how you get to those notes, you know, I, I I realized that because everyone kind of when you're in when you're in like a nice studio with someone you pay a lot of money to mix your songs <laughs> or like songwrite with, they will fuck with your vocals and the melody and stuff, and like that's totally fine. I'm at peace with that. 
But I've, I've realized that a lot of the way I sing makes some of it hard sometimes because I'm always like sliding up to what the note should be or sliding down from it. I'm coming in sharp, I'm coming in flat. And it's like this, this mess, which a lot of the time is screamed. So like most of those slow jams that at the end of the day on paper, super cheesy and probably in ears also super cheesy. Uh, <laughs> We get away with it because when I sing it, it hurts because I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and I can only probably sing it once because my voice will be shot after it. And that there's a panic in me when I have to perform it because I'm like, this is such a fucking pain in the ass to sing. <laughs> and I know that it's probably something worth exploring when we're writing because I know I'm in pain, not emotionally, physically, uh, hopefully emotionally too. But um, if it's if it's a if it's a ball ache to get through, and if it if we end up sweating from a slow song, from a love song, then it probably means okay, we can we can do this and not have people be like ugh. People will always be like ugh. We're a rock band. I mean, let's be real; it's fucking lame to begin with. But um, you can mitigate those circumstances by uh, just being a bit shit for lack of a better word. No, I kind of get what you're saying uh, in terms of, I I think you almost said it right at the start of the answer is that the more you embrace it, the less shit it is, if that kind of makes sense. It's tricky though, because like once you get into too much self-awareness about it and then you start doing it on purpose, then it's, (laughs) then it's like the flip side of the coin, right? You start going into, uh, like Greta Van Fleet territory where you're just like, you're faking this thing that's, that someone has done organically and you're like striving for that. So we never, we never force it. We just know to capture the moments where it happens organically. And we're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's probably a thing we can pursue. But you can't yeah. go in being like, "How can we make a dangerous love song?" Because that's <laughs> going to be that's going to be shit. I mean, it might work. I mean, Greta Van Fleet are, are super popular, but like, I think they're fucking shit. So you're the uh, actually this week uh, we released two episodes a week. The one episode that is released Thursday, um, we've also discussed the mystery of why Greta Van Fleet is shit. But I, it's uh, it? I, yeah. Well, it's like, objectively, it is shit. If you know the mm. concept and and you've seen music before that's guitar-based, you can tell it's shit because these guys are <laughs> cosplaying Led Zeppelin and doing all the things without bringing anything new into it except that they're young and they're hot and they have like a bit of forced swagger. So if I'm a 13-year-old... That's cool. I get it. Go for it. Yeah. And I, I like as a, as a a teen like discovering rock. I, that's fine. I mean, I I loved Hoobastank as a kid. So <laughs> so like there's there's an in to that kind of music in so many shit ways, but it usually evens out, and you you grow up and become aware of like music history, but I'm not going to judge anyone for liking it. I'm just, you know, I'm, I can't see how those guys can do that themselves and be like, fuck yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Cause it's fucking lame. Yeah. 
That's just not that catchy. Like it's, it's not. It's not. If they if, if it was like good pop rock and it was like lame and then they were doing everything that has happened before, but it was catchy and it was like just at the end of the day a pop song, I'd be like fuck yeah. It'd be like K-pop, you know. Everyone's heard everything that's been done in K-pop before. But at the end of the day, it's it's done, it's curated so well, and they do they rip everything off so efficiently that you can't get it out of your head. And at that point, if I'm if I'm whistling Greta Van Fleet in the shower, it's like, well, fair play, guys, you got me. But I, yeah. I couldn't yeah. even sing you a line right now, except like I, I don't know. <laughs> um. No more Greta Van Fleet. I, I will. Okay, I will. I, I, I will uh, I'll agree to that. <laughs> um, the previous single for, for the record, Stop for a Minute, is, is a jam. It is a bit of a, a dance floor song, but it has a darker undertone. And I'm curious, uh, I'm not sure if some fans have picked up on it or if they haven't and what it actually is about in terms of certain artists and uh, accountability, mm-hmm. I guess, to summarise it in a one-dot point. How did you approach writing a song like this, it came from we we were super trying to write a pop song uh i i don't think we succeeded necessarily but like it started with that 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 bass line and like a simple kind of four on the floor ish beat and when when we do that, we kind of we we will write the the look and feel of the song, and I'll I'll try to figure out like a melody that goes with it. And I'd say half the time there's like no lyrical idea the first time around, and the first time we kind of get it down on 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 a shitty phone recording. And in this case, like I, I think I came up with the line stop for a minute. And trying to kind of find what that could mean and having like hard out pop music in, in the back of my mind, my first thought always goes to ideas of like, gee, Chris Brown is a piece of shit, huh? <laughs> and like, that's all it takes to bring me down the rabbit hole of like, wow, like most most guys in music are horrible or at least like, a large section of successful artists in popular music are horrible and it's no coincidence they're all dudes so it kind of just it's it slowly grew from there i'm like everyone's a fucking monster and then it's only when people are like hey we need to interview you for the press release you go i get you get into the specifics right you're like why did i actually say this it fits it fits in the hook but i said it for a reason and then it still I'm should like, be called out yeah oh yeah totally and it's it's i didn't i didn't go in thinking it would be some grand statement um and i think like the takeaway is that it's frustrating that such a simple song hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ends up being a grand statement. Like surely this is surely this is a concept that everyone should be dealing with daily who is in music, who's writing music. It's like it's like unavoidable. We're all stuck writing fucking love songs or songs about how great it is to be to fucking living my dream in music. (laughs) But, but like at the same time, there's, there's some guy in some major label who's got a team of lawyers who's done some shit that no one, no one knows, but he's he's probably done something and everyone kind of knows, but I can't say anything because I don't have the details. And the person that maybe has the details will be in trouble if they say anything and they'll be silenced before they even get it. So it's like this whole this whole thing that everyone's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, so-and-so is probably a shithead. I don't know why. And it's like, why why aren't we supporting the people who who do know why? And why do they not feel comfortable coming out and, and saying facts? And it's because we've we've built this horrible industry where no one has any agency and everyone is scared to just call stuff out. And I, I, and I can't, like, how has it come to a point where I have any importance? I mean, I don't, but like, it's gotten to a point where I'm giving sound bites on something I'm barely involved in. I can't do anything about. I don't have any specifics. I don't know shit. So I think it's changing slowly, but like, I mean, I'm not saying anything in that song that sh- should be a revelation. And I think the takeaway is that perhaps it is a revelation. And like to your to your point before or to your question of like, do fans know what it's about? Do I have to tell them? I, I, I've always kind of slowly, well, I've slowly realized that um, no one really knows what any of the songs are about. No one ever really knows what songs are about unless you're like super explicit, unless there's like, like <laughs> this song is about the train I took this morning. Like you have to really like, give explicit (laughs) lyrics and um i've never been one to do that i've never been one to successfully poetically um paint a really vivid picture i've always used broad strokes right i mean most of them are love songs anyway so i think you are best off letting the listener write the lyrics for you and take these like grand gestures like you know i'm so alone and that's something anyone can can take and then make more meaningful than it actually is on paper but with this one it's like i tried to to be a little bit more specific 
But knowing that no matter what I do, no, everyone's just going to be like, yep, good rock song. I'll come out saying, oh, we got a pop song this time, guys. It's, it's about something really serious. But everyone will be like, yeah, good rock song, rock band, which is fine. Like, it means we can get away with doing anything, really. Um, but I think the huge coincident, uh, coincidentally um, lining up with stuff that happened in the industry uh, that broke on online and the discussion that that was simultaneously kind of growing slowly through through Jaguar Jones, through through um, yeah. beneath the glass ceiling, and all of that, um, kind of allowed me to be like, yeah, the song's about that, and I don't want to take I don't want to take any I don't want to take up any space, any headlines, any um, anything away from people who actually experience it and who actually um, can be like, oh, this is happening, and 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 I know that it's happening. Because I, yeah. all I have to say is in the lyrics, everyone fucking sucks, and I can't prove it or say anything. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, I did kind of want to touch on, and it does lead in or tie into this as well. You did write an incredible piece for Junkie.com that we'll we'll put in the show notes, where essentially you are kind of saying, like, guys in the music industry, we need to stop being so shit, um, mm. and it. Uh, it kind of has come at a time as well, as you said, like whether it was all, um, what's the word, serendipitous, that um, yeah. that it all kind of happened uh, around the same time where there's this discussion, as you mentioned, beneath the glass ceiling, that um, Australia's music industry, Me Too, is possibly on the way. And and I, I also understand us discussing this is from a position of privilege as well, so I don't want to take away from anyone's. Totally. Um, uh, experience or anything like that, the importance for you to be a good ally in a situation like that, where, uh, like, I guess, what inspired you to write that piece or... or I think, uh, like, the first thing, when I, when I spoke to, to uh, Jules, the editor at Junkie, I said, I don't want to do it um, unless we're absolutely sure I'm not taking away space that could be filled by someone who has a more important voice who you know of specifically a female voice um who are experiencing these things firsthand because every every single thing i see is is almost exclusively indirect or implied or gossip or you know unprovable um and i can only really speak to my experiences so i tried to first of all highlight other more important things to read, other other people who have a more uh, urgent and important and authentic voice, um, or relevant, rather. And beyond that, I only speak to, to what I see. And a lot of it, from, from my experience, is a lack of representation. And that, that goes through every level of music and every every type of representation as well. It's all old white dudes. And yeah. from from it the is. very, very tippy top to the very bottom, you know. Um, maybe not old at the bottom, but still like, you know, you go to band practice, it's all four piece white dude bands. Like you a music store. To, yeah, you go to a music exactly. Like even I'm fucking uncomfortable at a music store. I can't even imagine, you know, 
what uh, what other people might feel and it's 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 annoying because like you know you see things like people bemoaning oh music festivals are it should be 50 50 female male i mean no one mentions anyone else on the gender spectrum but that's another story i i think we're, we often miss the point with that stuff where like where, why aren't there more female acts period that have that opportunity like we can't just start at the top at the biggest music festivals it's like the 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 problems are at every single level and it's like i don't have any answers i just think like anyone who's brings it to light and who talks about it whether you have a a fix or not or a a suggestion or not as long as it's on your radar that's a small victory and i think we see that every day um so like just shoveling in in front of people's faces and everyone sharing their experiences and and being supportive of those who who've experienced the worst of it firsthand is is like a small victory and like honestly uh, we're as polish club we're so ingrained in this horrible system that I, i don't even know like where you would begin to enforce long-term change like we do stuff like try to have diverse lineups where we can but like there's only so much everyone can do it's it's got to be like this super long-term effort where everyone's on board and i think that's the value in having allies in this um it's strength in numbers but then the other side of me is like we just have to wait till all the old white dudes die like for real they're not going to leave voluntarily they're just going to have to die and hopefully soon unless they're called out i think yeah that they're just going to stay there so hopefully the sooner yeah but like i mean you need everyone on board if one person is going to call them out because yeah. they'll just be they'll be sued they'll be silenced then no one's supporting them and like before someone like me hears that they've already dealt with lawyers they've already been threatened so it's like yeah. i don't know what the solution is but you know the very 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 least you can do is be like hey i i see it and i i support you tell me what i can 100%. do Awareness and support, I think, is um, yeah. big things that we can do at the moment with with what is going on. Um, Novak, would you? I know it's a bit of a change in topic. Would you be happy to talk about the playlist that you sent through? I'm more than happy to talk about the playlist. It's like the <laughs> the only 15 songs I li- I've listened to in the past 10 years. I did want to. Um, to touch on firstly it's it's an incredible playlist you are a man after my own heart you've got <laughs> father john misty bruno mars the strokes shirley bassey um i guess just to begin with where do you think you got your music taste from like were your parents heavy into music or was it more formed yeah. in your, your teenage years it's such it's such a mess like i said before <laughs> i mean i was i was exaggerating a little bit but i genuinely think my music taste was like frozen in carbonite at around 23 and it's been it's been like absolutely no progression since then i like the mid 2000s sorry the early 2000s garage rock revival kind of just ended me that was it 
Um, but beyond that, I mean, my mother was in uh, like a, a Shochun's band in the Philippines, Moderately Pot. You can see the vinyls behind me. Um, and she she's very much into... I don't know, any music with a good sing-along melody and as is my father when he when he drinks too much the first thing he wants to do is sing and and play drums <laughs> on his knees uh he he used to play drums as well um and like I think the the unifying thing in all of all of the music that I listen to is like a good melody something that I can sing because I like singing and and I I've kind of learned to parrot all of those different styles vocally and I enjoy trying to shoehorn them in into songs that we write um, whether that's successful or not I don't know but um, I also like discovered that a lot of it is probably thanks to my sister who's six years older than me so when I was in primary school uh, I grew up we grew up in Belgium hence my weird international accent um, she would play uh, you know every popular grunge CD in the car when we were driving to school. And then she, as she matured, she would get into um, like pop and R&B. So I blame her for um, any like daggy rock and roll from the 90s that I still listen to. And I also blame her for my, or I thank her for my pivot into, you'll see Blackstreet and Bruno Mars in there. Um, yeah. it, it felt like, you know, one day it was Nirvana's Unplugged in the car. And then suddenly it was Blackstreet's Another Level. And had I been older and more self-aware, I would have been like, hold up. How did we take such a left turn in your music taste? But <laughs> I should be thankful for it because I guess that kind of describes Polish Club at the end of the day. It does. Um, the playlist is very eclectic, which I think... There is a, um, yeah, almost an eclectic nature to Polish clubs music. I can see there's kind of like a through line that you can draw there. Um, some of the bands, as you mentioned, the the early 2000s, you've got Arcade Fire, The Walkman, The Strokes. I can see, I'm pretty sure it's a Strokes poster in the background. It is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what is it about some of those bands that, that you love or what memories do they hold to you? I think, like, in my mind and in probably more so in my heart, it was, like, the greatest musical time ever. <laughs> that era of uh, all of these rich white kids ripping off uh, rock bands of, of ye olde times. Um, but I, I, there's something about all of it that... that resonates so well with me or like it, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy when I listen back because they're all so shittily recorded and so sloppily <laughs> done and like obviously genuinely done on the cheap in some respects um, but I think the thing that kind of unites a lot of the ones that have stood the test of time in my playlist and in my head that I can still justify listening to are the ones that had that sense of urgency and that raw delivery. I think like, you know, if, if you look at Julian Casablancas's way of singing, if you look at Hamilton Lighthouse's way of singing, um, they very much skirt that line of danger that I was talking about before that I'm always striving to balance on where it's like, you are like not hitting the note you're trying to hit. <laughs> but I, I love, I love the result of it. And you kept yeah. it in there. And there's those those kind of blemishes that um, t 
take it away from being a Fratelli's or, a, you know, a, a fucking, I don't know, some <laughs> other band that was a lot cleaner on record. And I think <laughs> those are the, those are the ones that kind of um, stuck with me and still, still kind of uh, influence the way I, I look at, at, especially writing melodies. Um, I think it, it, it's, it's just the value is in the mistakes. Yeah. Definitely. Very quickly, that Fratelli's reference was very on point. I caught you meant by that. <laughs> Thank you very much. You've also got uh, Father John Misty, Dusty Springfield, um, and Shirley Bassey in, in this playlist. Could we at any point, maybe somewhere further, further down the line, see a bit more of a singer-songwriter project from yourself? Probably. I think I find it really hard to... I'm always like I'm always trying to write a Father John Misty song in 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 a way, especially with the like ballads. Um, but there's there's a delivery there again in the way that a lot of these like cool singer songwriters um, deliver their melodies that I, I haven't quite figured out for myself because there's there's a control there. There's like a vocal control that is not trying too hard. And the way I sing is very much trying way too hard. And that's like, that's something I'm all in on. And, and it always almost, all, almost always leads to me screaming my lungs out and, and, and like pushing it too far. But with a lot of singer songwriter stuff in the place that I stumble uh, when trying to kind of mimic that or do my own version of it is having that restraint, but maintaining that sense of danger, that sense of uh, variety and, and like uh, just maintaining my own interest throughout like a three, four minute song. I, I find it hard. I mean, it's definitely something I'm trying to do. It's something I've always tried to do. And hopefully one day I'll, I'll sort of crack the code. Um, but suffice to say, the songs that make it past the goalposts in Polish club are the ones where the, the vocal and the melody and the dynamics in general climax at some point and are leading to this, this, this big thing. Um, the ones that are like contained and a bit softer are, are harder to, to finish and are harder to, to yeah. see, uh, when it's in demo form, it's harder to see it as a fully fledged song. Having said that, I mean, the final track in our um in our album is is a little bit more singer songwritery so I, who knows maybe i'm going down that path already i don't know well, time will tell but that's very exciting to hear um we are looking forward to the album again congratulations on the new single uh which is out today and the the album which is out july 23rd i believe novak thank you very much for your time today and being on the podcast it is greatly appreciated no problem thank you so much for having me That's our show. A massive thank you to Novak for his time. No Heaven is out today and now a cooking is available to pre-order. We've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or read Novak's junkie article. We also want to give a huge shout out to Susie at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Novak's picks. If you like this show, 
please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.